Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with James Prophet. We are here bringing you another Get to Know You episode. Yes, and I know if you're a first-time listener, you might think the Pull Apart. Is this a podcast devoted to the first episode of AEW on TNT? Because they had like six Pull Apart brawls that episode. Or you could be thinking, (laughs) is this a podcast devoted to... Uh, pulled pork sandwiches because I have heard that term a few times regarding really? pulled pork sandwiches. Oh my god! As much as I love pulled pork, I don't know that we could do four parts on pulled pork sandwiches. Okay. What do you think, James? So Josh uh, has some of the metrics about where some of our listeners are, and we've had like a listener in Australia. We've got listeners in Canada, it's Brazil, kind of, Brazil. It's crazy. So, hi, international listeners. We love you, and we're so glad you gave us a chance. You freaking rule. James, what do you think about the Hong Kong protest? (laughs) (laughs) But pulled pork sandwiches, we have this. Josh and I are out of Cincinnati, or I guess suburban Cincinnati slash northern Kentucky. There's this amazing pork restaurant, a ribs restaurant called Montgomery Inn around here. And you can get two pounds of pulled pork at the local big box store, Costco, for nine ninety nine. It's amazing. So, James, I can't go on... You're making me hungry right now. I can't go on wax, as they say, letting you say that Montgomery Inn is amazing, because it is not amazing. Oh, really? Hot take. Okay, hot take. It is not as good at ribs as Maury's Tiny Cove, which is the best I've ever had in my life. Or Eli's Barbecue. Or Eli's Barbecue. Yep. But it's still good. I mean, I like other things from there fine. Do you like the shrimp? Any with of the, sauce? the. I love all shrimp. Yeah. Okay, nice. I can't remember what it was. We went there for my old boss's retire not retirement, <laughs> piecing out of his job <laughs> lunch. And I got something that was all oh, hot brown, Kentucky hot brown. Speaking of Some local weird stuff. thing. Dude, that is amazing at Montgomery Inn's. Really? Yeah. I had we should go there for your. 40th birthday. I never even heard of that, I don't think, until I was like either engaged or married to my wife. I think married. And we went to visit our friend Nick. Hey, Nick, we love you. Um, and I got one on their recommendation, and it was very good, but oh my gosh, is that like heavy? Oh, you yeah, eat one is. of those, it sits in your stomach for like two hours. Man. It's basically garbage food, but. Can you describe this for anybody that doesn't know? I will do my best, but I'm not... Google it, woman. It's like turkey... It's like turkey... It's basically like a Thanksgiving meal. So yeah, it's like gravy, turkey, on like an open piece of bread, right? Yep. Okay. Kentucky Hot Brown is an American hot sandwich originally created... In the Brown Hotel in Louisville, Kentucky. Did not know that, so I guess that's why it's called that. Let's see here. Doesn't even freaking say in the... Open-faced sandwich with turkey and bacon covered in Mornay sauce and baked or broiled until the bread is crisp and the sauce begins to brown. Um, What is Mornay sauce, you ask? It is a... The Kemmel sauce, or a shredded or grated Gruyere cheese. Some variations use different combinations of Gruyere. <laughs> All right, so, like I said, it's a bunch of mean cheese. Okay. What's not to love? That's our first sidebar of the evening, but just do you want to describe the episode for today? We're going to do something pretty random that we're excited about. Yeah, so James and his infinite ideas of obscure episodes had one early on. 
that I really liked that was basically your favorite things in wrestling, right? Yeah, so no breakdown, no category. I've never heard a podcast that's just like, here are the things that you love about being a fan, whether it be like Fandangling or Steamboat Savage at WrestleMania. Like these things could be in the same conversation. Just a very abstract idea, which is perfect for 1030 on a Thursday night. <laughs> um, How you feeling, by the way? Man? I'm good. You feeling good? Yeah. Okay. Excited that tomorrow's Friday. Yes. Yes, me too. Uh, friends are coming over, and we're going to play some board games, so I'm excited to play <laughs> some board games. One of your things, man. One of yeah. your loves. Uh, your 40th birthday. Yes, I turned 40 in two days. I had a full-on, like, I think a midlife crisis, like, earlier this week. But the <laughs> bottom line is, <laughs> I decided I'd be a I'm lot I'm going to eat pizza on Saturday. Yeah, if I just let it go, and I moved on and tried to do something good and make the best of it somehow. But, yeah, I was in a pretty... Pretty negative headspace for a few days. I'm there. sorry, James. It's okay. I love you. Thank you very much. Let's talk about uh, things that we love in wrestling. That'll cheer you up. Yeah, right? that'll cheer me up. And, and so, I'm feeling great now. But a way that I, I think, get there. like to frame this, is like this is a lifelong uh, love affair for us, right? Like, yes. So for me, I was thinking about. I have this thing where I have too many hobbies, right? Mm-hmm. And I was telling somebody at work that we have a podcast about wrestling. Yeah, and I could tell they were like really and with all of my other like quote hobbies i don't think i have anywhere nearly the amount of anywhere near the amount of nostalgia tied to any of them which nostalgia is weird if you think about it. it's really just kind of happenstance like mm-hmm. what i happen to like as a kid okay um it's interesting yeah so because of that the things that we love about wrestling i mean it's almost, I mean, if we get, like, real, like, smoke a bowl on everybody, then it's, like, tied to what you love about being a person or being loved, like, as a kid. Yes. Um, I know that's not true to everybody listening. Some listeners may not even like wrestling, but they're not the ones recording right now, so. Well, I agree. I actually, see, one of my favorite things to do when I'm talking to people is to ask them about something that they love, okay? Because when they talk about it, they're going to essentially when they talk about what they love they're telling you about themselves but they're also telling you something very deep about themselves in a way that's not even conscious because they're going to tell you what they love about this thing why it's interesting you're going to see their enthusiasm come out and again you bring up nostalgia one of the things on that like i wanted to bring up right off the bat is memories like one of the things i love about pro wrestling is memories and uh i yeah, first time was with my sister watching wrestling, and by the way, hi Heather, I love my sister so much, and I get so many warm fuzzies thinking about how much fun we used to have driving to Swallins, this old store, and buying the wrestling magazine, and we'd have to take turns on who could spend their allowance money on it every month, because they could look at it on the way home in the car first, and then we look at it What together. wrestling magazines? WWF magazine. WWF magazine? Yeah, that was our first. That was before uh, the Raw magazine with, like, the sable centerfolds <laughs> Gosh, and everything. That came along right when I was a teenager, so that was <laughs> right on time, for better or worse. I will never forget that freaking cover with, uh, after Mania 13, with Stone Cold's face. Yeah, and the blood. So it was a black, black and white picture, but his face the blood on his face was all red. Mm-hmm. Super cool. So anyway, we're going to talk about a bunch of random things that we love about wrestling tonight, and 
Again, thanks for hanging out with us, as always. If you like wrestling, stick around. Alright, James, do you want to lead us off with your first thing that you love, but this is not meaning first as in number one or number 10, 20, whatever. Yes. It's just We've talked things about that we like. Josh and I are list sluts. We're actually not going to do a list right now. But So things that we love. The first thing I wanted to bring up, WrestleMania. I have an unconditional... Whoa, this is weird. Okay, go ahead. All right. You'll have to see what my number one was. Okay. I have an unconditional love for WrestleMania. Even when it's bad, I enjoy it. I have so much fun watching it. I look forward to it all year, every year. I'm always in a great mood in like the two, three months leading up to WrestleMania. And... To the point now where I do something called Wrestling Christmas. The day of WrestleMania, I'll watch TakeOver. I won't watch that until the day of WrestleMania. TakeOver and then WrestleMania back-to-back. So it's like 9 to 10 hours of wrestling in a row for me. And I have so much fun. And I've got like all the posters of like the old WrestleMania covers like all around me in that room I watch it in. And we, again, we get Montgomery in, barbecue. Sorry, you know, I did, sorry, I talked bad about it. No, it's okay. I only did it the one year, but I'm going to totally <laughs> do it again next year. Yeah. Um, it's a great Forget time. Forget the hot brown next year. Yeah, love WrestleMania. So, Josh, what did you have, man? So, my first one that I thought of immediately was Royal Rumble. Really? Okay, cool. I'm just such a big fan of the Royal Rumble pay-per-views every year. It's like... It's weird I think of it as wrestling Christmas in my head mm-hmm. because it... Um, is in the middle of winter, and I remember so many different times where I was like kind of in and out of wrestling, and I would just be like, "Holy crap! Today is Royal Rumble." It's time for Rumble. It's time for the Royal Rumble. Like, I'm so excited now. Like, it was just a boring <laughs> Sunday, and I have to go to work tomorrow, and now it's freaking Royal Rumble. I mean, that's when I was like more out of it than in but still even being into wrestling it's like ah like you know i'm i'm a huge christmas nerd and so january sucks for me because it's like christmas is over you know all of the festivities and everything and now it's just like oh gotta wait you know until like the next fun thing and then royal rumble comes and i'm like yes Back in a good mood. Yeah. Josh is totally a Christmas guy, by the way. He'll decorate <laughs> right away. He loves watching Christmas movies. He watches Home Alone like half a dozen times every yeah. season. Home Alone's a year-round movie for, for our house. <laughs> Went to Menards tonight, James. Yeah. Saw a ton of Christmas trees. Already. Pretty awesome. We're going into Halloween this month. Yeah. <laughs> Not even halfway into the month yet. So yeah, Royal Rumble, the event, but then mostly the match. The match and I will itself. say matches now with the women's um, matches themselves. What was your first one? So much fun. Uh, 92 was my first one. Well, my first one that I saw. Yeah. Uh, definitely not live. Yeah. I don't even know what my first one 92 was. With yeah. the, arguably and most agree, the greatest Bobby Heenan performance Absolutely on commentary of all time. Absolutely the Bobby Heenan <laughs> yes. performance. Yeah. Okay, who's number five? 
watch. It's Ric Flair. Look at Justice just watching. Flair once again hooking that bottom rope. And looking from behind. Oh, Justice got rid of Hulk. Uh-oh. I don't like the looks of things now. There are no friends. There are no friends. Only enemies. Oh, is Hulk upset. He said, you stole my back. I remember being a kid and seeing the Royal Rumble cover for '92. It's okay. a classic. That's the one with all the like the cartoon drawings. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's and amazing. Just being like this is all of the wrestlers. It looks in like, a ring at once. Yeah, what could be better? So the year 1991, 1992, wrestling took on a narrative where, to me, I still describe that year like comic books. Like almost every major character has a direct correlation to a comic book character that's popular from an attitude perspective. And, again, they all have these very discernible, definable looks. It was a really good time. And then they made this comic book art cover for the Royal Rumble in 1992. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Awesome. It really is, yeah. Great. It, I can't great. wait to go ahead. the next one. Um, another fun thing I do, I don't want to go too far, far down the rabbit hole, is we do this thing where we uh, draw numbers for yeah. the Rumble, and my kids get involved, and so we all have like numbers, whoever comes over. And I buy like a dumb gift. It's usually like a Funko or like wrestling. And whoever's cards. number wins the rumble whoever's that year. Wins, rumble. wins the present. Yeah. yeah, it's just so much fun. The it's, counting, counting down. Yeah, nine, eight, seven. Awesome. The freaking do that thirty times, uh, twenty-nine times. I guess. Speaking of Christmas, James. Sorry, yeah. real, real fast. I remember one year after like two or three rumbles in a row, where it was like a huge letdown. Yes. <laughs> they came half, back with like one half of the, the fun of Royal time. Rumble. Yeah, right. uh, comparing it to Christmas morning, where you're like you're so excited, you know anything could happen. There's so many possibilities, and then number thirty hits, and you're like, oh, it's Dolph Ziggler. Like, <laughs> mm, cool. Uh, I can't wait till next year for all of the and all the anticipation is the best part. So yeah, the classic example of what Josh is talking about here in 2014, uh, this guy Daniel Bryan was the most popular person on the roster okay and so everyone was like hoping and just wanting him to win the royal rumble okay he wasn't announced for the match but this isn't such a big deal because they don't announce all 30 people anyway right Right. somebody that was announced for the match was batista who was this wrestler dave bautista the movie star now he had been gone for several years and he came back just before the royal rumble i think like the week before Now, the thing, the real-world thing that affected this was he's in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. He's one of the four stars, and that movie was projected to be this massive blockbuster. And so I think business-wise, they were thinking, oh, well, that'll be a huge movie, and if we put him in the main event of WrestleMania, that'll be a big deal for us, get us lots of mainstream publicity, bring in new fans, blah, blah, blah. 
So that was, I think, their first thought, like, we should make Batista win. But the fan base, again, for months, they were kind of cheering for Daniel Bryan a lot, okay? And their next thought, I think, was, but if Bryan's in there, they're going to boo anybody but him. So let's just not put him in the match at all. And that way, everyone will, like, support Batista, who (laughs) they brought back as a good guy, okay? So what ended up happening was, like, there's 30 spots in the Rumble. A buzzer goes off every two minutes, and then somebody new comes out. So 29 people had been come out. It was the number 30 spot. People were chanting, yes, 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 which is the Daniel Bryan chant. And the buzzer goes off. The 30th person comes out. It's this good guy, Rey Mysterio, this kind of legendary wrestler. Everybody sort of appreciates and respects him. And they just boo the crap. Out of his insurance. Unfair. It's so unfair. It's not race fault at all, but they're like, (laughs) Daniel Bryan is not in this match. Boo. Last that long tonight. Whoa. Mysterio sends Rollins flying. They booed from the moment Ray came out until the match finished. They never stopped booing. The biggest one until that amazing Elias Seattle. Yeah. But, But you know what doesn't make sense? John Cena teaming with Bobby Lashley. Kev, it doesn't make sense, you know? It's like having a basketball team in Seattle. this crowd. No respect for Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> Elias hit a sensitive button. Got Seattle right in the feelings. That's what poets do. Look. Oklahoma look. City. Now I get that. Well, clearly you've really upset them here, but uh, sports aren't exactly my thing, so... Oh, you know what else isn't my thing? Kev, you're going to have to speak up. These people are being very disrespectful. I said, you know what else isn't my thing? That was before the network came along, but there's some kind of backlash on Twitter. But after that, um, after that Bray Wyatt thing, yeah, the Bray Wyatt, the Fiend thing that was trending as well. Oh gosh, we won't, uh, we won't go down that. We road. won't go down that rabbit hole right now. But yeah, they just did something else really bad. Even recently. though we are an anti-Fiend <laughs> branded punk. My favorite thing in wrestling right now. NXT TakeOver. Amazing. Yes, for the last two years, I think every time out, just about, they've put on one of the top like 25 to 30 wrestling shows of all time. To the point where this year, NXT TakeOver New York, the TakeOver show the weekend of WrestleMania, 
surpassed WrestleMania 17 for me as my favorite show of all time. And that's I was big. Yeah, I was at WrestleMania 17 live. Yeah, so that's still one of my fondest memories ever. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Ryan and I were at that show together. So you would have seen this, and, sorry, on that WrestleMania Christmas Day that you're talking about. Yes, I watched that at WrestleMania 35 on the same day. And just watching it, that War Raiders match was unreal with Ricochet and Aleister Black. The Velveteen Dream against um, Matt Riddle, that was so good. The main event with Gargano and Adam Cole was amazing. Um, I think there were five matches on the show, and four of them were match of the year candidates and the fifth one was very good as well it's i don't know how they do it i don't it's, it's crazy. crazy yeah i mean gargano's in half of them so i guess that but still it's just it's can't, unreal can't how lose. good yeah if you're a wrestling fan like that's the best thing in wrestling bar none that's better than wrestle kingdom that's better than mania, you know, mania yeah. yeah it's just it's the best you know what's weird is i saw recently when we're recording recently there was the premiere of AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just called Dynamite, but it should be Wednesday Night Dynamite. And the NXT show, which also is just called NXT, both poorly named in my opinion. Okay. Anyway, on Twitter, there was a ton of people, I guess people that were only familiar with Raw and SmackDown, who were saying like, oh, I'm looking between these two shows and NXT looks bad. It's so dark. And that was like, over and over, I kept seeing people saying that it was like really dark and not like it looks well not lit enough and all that. Okay, I'm like, this is what's great about NXT. <laughs> like nobody, like I was so confused because you know the the feeling of NXT is that you're it feels like you're there. Yeah, it's so it's intimate. Small, yeah, it's mm-hmm. intimate. It's like the lights are aren't on the crowd, which is a good thing. Because you don't see, you know, like, you're paying attention to the match. You're not worried about, like, what dumb sign is in the crowd or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just thought that was strange. But, it, you know, it might be different once they watch more. I don't know. but I heard, all right, so Wednesday Night Wars have started up NXT versus AEW. Yeah. So I think the general perception is that NXT is putting on better wrestling matches so far. But AEW is more fun to watch. And I I read this Ryback quote, and I think it's very telling. Can I share this with you? Of course. All right, cool. The the philosopher Ryback. The philosopher Ryback. And so, yeah, this was like a news story that I saw. So I clicked it like, okay, let's see. So Ryback said this about the Wasted Night War. He said, like, I tuned into AEW. I didn't even switch over to NXT. I know what they're about. I know their quality. I've seen that all before. I wanted to see what AEW had to offer. And I think that's what's going on right now. AEW's like the fresh face. They're the hot hand. They're new. It's all a mystery. It's all unknown. It's sort of like a new relationship, you know? Like, all right, it's very exciting. And NXT, even though it's amazing, you kind of know what you're getting with it because, really, the format hasn't had a major change in the last three years. I'll argue that's a good thing because it's I one of the best shows ever. I am terrified, James, that they're going to change the format. I am terrified, and I hope they don't. Being on Wednesday, like, live. I, I'm, i like, a giant Kenny, the biggest, like, Kenny dork ever. Mm-hmm. And I've watched... NXT is, for me, far better than AEW so far. Like, yeah. AEW is just, I don't know... We we won't. Go it's down great, there. right? It's yeah, it's great. great. I mean, Kenny should be on there for like seventy five percent of the show. But 
they watch After Dark this week. He's going to be in the main event. So the the NXT. We well, okay. Sorry, I'll cut this. We could talk about NXT all night. All right. Um, no, I want to hear it. I want to. If you don't. Care. Well, I mean, your your specific thing was about takeovers, right? Yeah. So that's why I kind of wanted to like not go down this rabbit hole. But the show itself, the Wednesday, like the previous like Wednesday night taped show that was yeah. in what is that Tampa Bay or whatever it is, mm-hmm. yeah, Orlando or something. It's still amazing. Like, it still is. every match is, like, whatever, like, 3.75 stars or something. Like, every match is still, like, totally worth watching. Tons William Regal freaking segments. rules yes. as a leader guy or whatever. Nigel McGuinness is a great commentator. Morrow is Be- Morrow's the all-timer. Uh-huh. I mean... Beth Phoenix is coming along. I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. Unless they really knock it out of the park, I... Personally, I'm just gonna watch NXT instead of AEW. Okay. You know, like um, anyway. Okay, all right, Josh. What's next on your list? So I just made fun of this, but <laughs> making signs for live shows is one of my favorite things in wrestling. Okay, um, and I think part of that is just generally just going to live shows. Yeah, but just the idea of just like I'm gonna put something stupid. On a piece of paper or on a piece of whatever that was, cloth that we had for that one show. Um, and the possibility of, like, a wrestler seeing it, mm-hmm. it's just so much fun. Yeah. Um, I think I've told both of these stories on the show before, but that. My daughter put uh, a sign for Bailey at an NXT show, and she pointed at her. She doesn't care about wrestling anymore, mm-hmm. but... Still, for me, that's a memory that's until I die. And that um, was the night, like, Josh was there with his daughter, with his wife, uh, their youngest son at the time. Or not their yeah. youngest son, but their only... Uh, yes. Yeah, their son at the time, their oldest son. And then me and our friends Ryan and Tommy. And that made everyone's night when Bailey pointed to your daughter's son. Yeah. Um, and then on the same kind of note, uh, we made... Uh, hug me, hold me tight. <laughs> sign for Kevin Owens, and when I met him, he we talked about it. So just like the whole sign, uh, like culture part of wrestling, I love. That's something very unique to wrestling. Like they don't have like Kane sucks at UFC <laughs> shows, you know, right? Or Daryl Strawberry is a whatever. Yeah, at <laughs> good pull, James Daryl Strawberry. It's like. <laughs> 20 years ago, <laughs> the last time you watched the baseball game. Albert Bell. <laughs> That's just like 15 years ago, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so, and and it's, I think it's kind of weird when you watch like Attitude Era type shows and they're just literally every person in the crowd has a freaking sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still have, they still have a ton at wrestling shows now. You have a favorite sign fun. of all time. I knew you were going to ask me that. There are some amazing ones. I think you have talked about this before on the show, but if not, definitely in real life. It's the uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> so I think on the last episode we talked about just a lot of episodes we talked about Roman Reigns just getting like a, a really bad, like unfair treatment from fans just because the WWE pushed him so hard. So there for a while... Everybody um, was just crapping on him, just constantly. 
and there was a sign that said, "Can I? Can I send go this for it? Sure." So this is after the main event of WrestleMania. Okay, <laughs> Roman Reigns wins. He's getting booed, but he's the good guy. The commentaries are trying to ignore that he's getting booed. Like, oh, he's conquered the undertaker or whatever it is like roman reigns the big dog is his yard now and he stands on the ropes and he throws his hands up in celebration and you know that thing that cameras do on live broadcast where like they'll be focused in on something and there will be something blurry in the background and then they'll switch the blue the view to focus in on the blurry thing so this is what happened. Someone was holding up a sign. I don't think the cameraman knew what he was switching his view to. So we go from Roman Reigns uh, on the second row, both hands in the air, switching to this view of the sign, and it says, "Roman Reigns is a Holocaust denier," <laughs> <laughs> which of course he's not, and he's like a super nice guy. But it's just like... Do you know for a fact he is not a okay, Holocaust I don't know. denier? I think maybe like a flat earther is more realistic than... <laughs> well, they say AJ Styles might be one of oh, those, right? God. <laughs> um, so yeah, just the dumbest stuff. It's so much fun. And that was I, a great one. One thing I love about it, too, is, is that, that you can't... There's nothing you can do about it. Like, you can try to cut away, but that's about it. Like, if it's on there, it's on there. And this is like a much smaller, not even that funny at all example, but like on AEW this week, yeah. I think it was the first episode. One of somebody was walking down the uh, the ramp, and somebody had a sign behind him that was like, "Shane McMahon is better than you," or something like that. Or, you're <laughs> not, you're not Shane O'Mac, or something like that. That's amazing. And it's just like the cameras have to have that on there unless they randomly cut to you know another part of the crowd or something. But the wrestlers walking down the ramp so they want to show that uh, <laughs> i just love that like unpredictability so that's such a fun one. A thing thing i love about wrestling are there any others that jump to mind right now <sighs> i remember at wrestlemania 18 they kind of had this like tongue-in-cheek feud where edge and booker t were feuding over a japanese shampoo commercial that edge got over booker t and, and it, again it was supposed to be dumb it was dumb but at WrestleMania, somebody in like the third row brought a sign that said, "These men are fighting over shampoo." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was pretty good. No, I can't. I can't think of any. But I just remember like just always me like, you know, cracking up and saying like, "Jess, did you see that sign?" It's fun. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, Josh. Next thing I want to talk about um, something that you are not going to check out, but this is brand new to me. This is what I'm loving this week. The NWA on YouTube. I geeked so hard for the first episode. I mean, the studio, the way they decorated it, the colors they use, the way they've set up, the blocking of it, the way they filmed it, the way they do squash matches, cut to interview, squash match, cut to interview, squash match, cut to interview, cut to interview, main event is dead to rights. The original NWA show. The character that is representing them as their champion is very much a Ric Flair-style character where he's in a suit, he's fairly eloquent, he's talking about the whole promotion and what a big deal it is. So he's putting over everything in his promote in his interview where he's promoting himself, essentially, too. In the back, there are men and women, seasoned professionals, dues paid in full, gunning, to be the best, and the men are gunning for Sweet Charlotte, the 10 pounds of gold, the world's heavyweight wrestling championship, which brings me to you, Tim Storm. 
Tim, I respect you as much as any man I've ever met in this line of work. But respect is a two-way street. And when you look at me, know that every stitch of clothing I have on, the jag parked outside, every meal I've ever put on my son's dinner table has been paid for by professional wrestling. So if you think that I've busted my ass from coast to coast and across four different continents just to do the J-O-B in the ATL. You got another thing coming, my friend. So what say you and I... What say you and I go out there and get after it like men? And when this is all said and done, you will know why I'm the national treasure and the world's champion. It was so good. I geek so hard. Josh is not a big Jim Cornette fan, and not I a big really am. But and he's a commentator on it. Billy so, Corgan's cool, right? Yeah, Billy Corgan is owned CNWA. He put the whole thing together. He's really cool. Yeah. So was like tonight the like theme song when it came on? <laughs> they actually used the song by Dokken as okay. the theme song. I was really hoping it would be like Tarantula by Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. something like that. Um, no, that's cool. I I actually don't. I mean, I probably won't check it out just based on like. I still haven't watched Hell in a Cell, and like time sucks. Watch the women's, but if it was a women's match, aside from Charlotte Bailey, watch it. Otherwise, well, like King of Pro Wrestling, like the list goes on and on. So NWA might be towards the bottom of the list. (laughs) It's up. It's above Raw and SmackDown from this week for what it's worth. But I do remember um, a Billy Corgan being on the Mass Man show. Yep, and totally like. I I dug what he was saying. Okay. Uh, I didn't grow up watching that like older stuff, so that's probably enough to get me to not like be as into you it as get you. The nostalgia feel of it, yeah. But I do also was it is it Nick Aldis? Is that his name? Yeah. What's his name? Okay. He they had him versus Cody on that. Was it all out? I'm already forgetting. Or it might have been all in. It was on all in, and that time period they were showing some of his stuff on that. Is it? Um, what is it? Ten pounds of gold is yeah, the yeah. Ten pounds yeah. of gold. And I watched a little bit of that, and I I was like, if it wasn't for New Japan or something else that was taking up all my time, I could totally go down this outside of WWE rabbit hole. So I mean, I I I dig it. It's just too much wrestling. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. And I don't have cable, so I don't get to watch Raw. Um, we don't even have like network TV, so. We don't watch SmackDown, you know, like, can't watch AEW. Why we're reviewing stuff from 20 years ago. (laughs) Right, but, you know, (laughs) sometimes I can sneak in, like, you know, an hour in the morning or the afternoon, and I'm looking forward to filling some of it with that NWA show. I'm happy for you, James. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Josh. Okay, this is definitely obscure. Okay. Um, Is... Getting lost in a match is one of my favorite things in wrestling. Okay. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's basically, you know, like we just mentioned, there's wrestling. You could literally watch wrestling like 10 hours a day for a week and not be caught up on everything. There's so much wrestling. Oh, my gosh. I don't think there's ever been more on TV than there is right now. And because of that, it all kind of like at some point kind of blends together. Yeah. Yeah. The colors all fade to gray. Us nerds that, like, watch it so much at all, you know, we feel like we know what's going to happen, all of that kind of stuff. And so it's rare, which is why I love it, when you're actually watching a match, usually on a pay-per-view or something like that, 
and you're getting lost in it and you're actually like almost like when you do that with a movie um or i don't know what people like that's not movies um, yeah where you're just like zoning out and you're like holy crap this is amazing and you're in it the suspension of disbelief is really what i'm talking about yes where you think holy crap who's gonna win i mean it could be Brock Lesnar versus like the return of Bob Holly. <laughs> and if you're lost in it, you think Bob Holly might actually win. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff is what I'm talking. I love that so much and it's usually happens like 3 or 4 times a year for me. Mm-hmm. Me too. So. About that right. Yeah. One of my favorite ones ever. Um this was 2000 and maybe 16. This was after I had my daughter and again, uh, my first daughter being a parent takes up a lot of your time and and you and that's awesome because it's really cool like just watching a kid grow but it is nice every so often to get some time to yourself essentially right so survivor series i just talked about wrestling christmas all back to back and in the main show i try to do that anytime they do this shows on the same weekend so this was uh survivor series and it was nxt takeover toronto and it was the revival against diy and my wife took my daughter out just essentially as a present to me just to give me a couple free hours to kind of have to myself. And that was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. And I re- and I really like the revival, okay? Yeah. And I knew DIY was like their time, but I was just rooting against it. You never know. And so there's this moment in the third fall, the two out of three falls match, where they repeat an exact spot. From the previous match they had had that led to the Revival winning where like a DIY guy's in the ring uh, with his back to the rest, everybody else. But then a Revival guy sneaks in behind him and chop blocks him. And so they did that in the first match and they repeated that spot of the second match. And when they repeated it, I like jumped out of my chair and threw my hands in the air and went, yes! That's awesome. And then they applied the same submission move that the guy tapped out to right after that in the first match. It was such a good Tease. Yeah, and that I mean, again, you talk about getting lost in a match. I was so hooked. False in that. finishes are really good for that too. Like if they use them the right way, or awesome yeah, for that. Also, Becky Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell, that you haven't watched yet. Yes. All right. So I'll say, watching that before it was over, I was like, "This is my match of the year." And another guy I know thought the exact same thing. So you gotta. I'm excited for you to see that match. Yeah, that I'm gonna totally got me like that. Um. <laughs> Another women's match, the one that I thought of most recently, was the Ripley Storm match. Yeah, huh? Yeah. From is it Cardiff? I can't remember what it was from. It was the inaugural. The inaugural NXT UK takeover. Yeah, it was Cardiff, I think. No, Blackpool. Sorry, I think it was Blackpool. Anyway, yeah, it is Blackpool. Um, but I'm a big Ripley fan. Okay. And yeah, I, I you like, always have been. You like her and Mae Young. Right yeah, off. You I, I just her. think she's awesome. Ripley is in the ring to do one thing. Hurt people. Who, if anyone, is going to be able to rip the NXT UK Women's Championship from Rhea Ripley? Why don't you guys find me some suitable competition? And I like Storm, too. But I just, you know, Storm's like... She's clearly like going to be the a, a star. She's going to be a big deal, yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, she's going to win. And it's the same thing. Like, it, it kind of seems like the trend is like rooting for the person that you think is not going to win, mm-hmm. and they're like making you think, like, oh no, they're going to 
they're going to win. So that match had it for me. But it, it happens, like I said, three or four times a year, and I love it. Okay. okay. Awesome. All right, James, what's your, <laughs> what's your next uh, thing you love about wrestling? Can I, can I hit one more thing on yours? Of All right. So I don't think we're going to have enough content to do this whole feud, right? Maybe if we did it as like a one episode. Oscar versus Ember Moon. Okay. okay. So Ember Moon has this finisher called the Eclipse, where essentially it's like a she jumps off the top rope and sort of like sideways jumps over her opponent. And on the way down, she catches their chin with both her arms, and it's like a flying stone cold stunner. It's super impressive looking. It's called the Eclipse. And Asuka had been undefeated for like a year and a half at this point. Okay, maybe two years. So Asuka's the women's champion at NXT. Ember's getting her second title shot. And like for eight months, they'd been building that nobody kicks out of the Eclipse. And so for eight months with Ember as the number one contender, they've been kind of dancing around a rematch, you know. And in the first match, she never got to hit Asuka with the Eclipse. But they'd been teasing, if she hits Asuka with the Eclipse, it's over. Someone will finally beat Asuka. And in the build to the rematch, Asuka, you know, would kind of jump Ember Moon, and she would scream, no Eclipse. She barely speaks English, but she'd say, like, no Eclipse, no Eclipse. Sort of like saying, like, doesn't matter that I couldn't kick out because she's never going to hit it. And so this is the build, this undefeatable monster, like the person that can't be beat versus the move that beats everybody. And in the match... <laughs> in the match, we just saw some M&Ms fall on the floor. Like uh, Tommy Boy. It comes to the point where Ember Moon hits Asuka with the Eclipse. NXT Women's Champion Asuka's been title holder of record 504 days. Think about that. Does it end What's tonight? It? And NXT TakeOver. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, and Asuka kicks out. I was a huge Asuka fan, so her kicking out of that, I remember, was my favorite moment that year, because I, again, I just, like, geeked so hard. I was so happy, like, she really is unbeatable. (laughs) Yeah, it was such a great build, but, sorry, I mentioned that was my favorite moment from that year. Um, You asked what my next thing was. I love wrestling as a memory generator, okay? So, like, when I watch WrestleMania 8, I don't just enjoy, like, Brett vs. Piper and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair. I remember being there live and with my sister, and I remember us being at the restaurant before WrestleMania 8 and seeing a guy that we thought looked like Cactus Jack and saying, Hey, Cactus, yo, Jack, to see if you would turn around. Um, if I watch Monday Night Raw, I might remember being there with uh, our friends, Woggy, Bill, and Tommy. <laughs> And The Undertaker cutting a promo on Heel Steve Austin where he says, You better give your soul to the Lord because your ass belongs to me. Woggy stands up and goes, Woo! Because <laughs> she's awesome like that. Um, I Again, if I watch SummerSlam 96, I think about being there with my mom. I think about you and that, like, you were at the I show. I was there with my mom. Yeah, and that, like, that was one of the first things that we got to know about each other is we were both at that show. Um, again, anytime I see The Shield, like, oh, Ryan and me were at that debut, you know. Saturday Night's Main Event, I think of my sister every single time. If I see, like, old 80s wrestling, I'll think about Lane and... 
bed in our apartment and Tommy laying across the room in his bed and us just watching 80s, 90s wrestling while we went to sleep, like early 90s wrestling. Um, And I could go on and on. Like if I watch Raw, I'll think of like Nick and I'll think of like Family Night with Sabrina, LT, Megan. It... Tim Roberts' house. Tim Roberts' house. Oh my gosh, your pay per views like every month for years. Our I friend Tim. Tim Roberts' house is just like. One and of what are your things? Yeah, and his mom would make these amazing meals for like us college kids that couldn't afford, you know, like yeah. proper nutrition. And then into like our early like parts of our marriage, even. Right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Still can't afford anything. I remember living with Jeremy and like decorating our dorm room. You know, Jeremy and Ben, our friend Eric at the time. Um. One, one of those rumbles that I remember, like it was, we it was like six o'clock and we were at Kroger, and Jess and I had just had Ainsley the like five months before, mm-hmm. and we felt like oh we can't do anything we have no money we we never get to do anything fun because we have this baby you know we can't like go to the movies or anything mm-hmm. and just literally just thinking like it's Royal Rumble night. And it was, like, so much fun. Like, Aww, just like, and I was like, amazing. do you care if we go to Tim's house? She's like, no, I don't care because Jess rules. Mm-hmm. And bring a five-month-old or whatever it was to a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> 25-year-old dudes yelling at the TV. So, anyway. That's yeah. amazing, man. It's never just an isolated thing, hardly ever. It's just happy memories and... I again, Josh. You told me that you date your like age by WrestleMania. Yeah. I would date seasons of my life by WrestleMania. Like I can remember stuff that happened in like again certain years by like what was going on in wrestling around that time. Like 1991 SummerSlam. Oh, that's when I was hanging out with my friend Chris a lot, and we'd watch wrestling and watch the primetime wrestling matches like the next day after school and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. I had a different one planned for my next one, but it kind of made me think of another one that I had on there. Oh, let's hear it. So it leads into my, my next thing I love about wrestling is the the common denominator effect of like meeting new people. Yeah, okay. If you find out that somebody that you just met is into wrestling, it's like game over. It's like, like this like secret handshake you're almost, just right? Like, like, oh, you like wrestling? I, I love like wrestling. One thing I, uh, on that same line I love to like test out is like that, and then when it doesn't happen, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, and the podcast is an easy thing. I'll be like, oh yeah, like we, I ha- I do this podcast, and they're like, what is it about? I'm like wrestling, and they're like, okay, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> they're not like, holy crap, like remember the Rock versus Steve Austin, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, but I love that uh, least common denominator kind of thing where you just roll the dice and hope somebody also likes wrestling. It's such a funny thing to like, too, because, like, for the longest time, there was such a stigma about it. Um, If, like, say, 15 years ago, if we had this show, right, and we told insert person here, like, oh, yeah, I have a radio show. They said, like, oh, really? What do you talk about? If we said, like, basket weaving, they'd be like, basket weaving that's really interesting how do you talk that long about basket weaving but if we said pro wrestling their response would be oh i don't watch pro wrestling right like it doesn't matter if you care or not you know but like one thing like no matter what you say they're going to be interested but if it's pro wrestling the person almost has to definitively say oh i don't watch that that's the way it was i think i don't think it's like that anymore just like oh yeah i know somebody that likes wrestling it's definitely gotten better but i have found that it is still that way with like other people sports. have a certain okay like like if you say like because like i love the nba if i say i'm into the nba they're like 
oh, that's cool, you know, and then I'll, like, say, mm-hmm. do you like the NBA? Because I'm just assuming that they don't or else they would have jumped in. But, like you said, with mm-hmm. wrestling, it's usually immediately, oh, I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I didn't really ask if you do, but whatever. Just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, I'm not a nerd like you. <laughs> So I think that is why there's such like a camaraderie among wrestling fans. Like there was that famous wrestling isn't wrestling video oh, on yeah. YouTube where like the running gag is anytime you tell somebody you like wrestling, the response is, you know, it's fake, right? And it's like, well, of course, you know, it's fake, but clearly you've never watched you know, wrestling because if fake, you did, right? you would know that there's no like pretending that it's real here. Right. But yeah, but movies are fake. No one who knows fake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to. When Steph and I, my wife, first started dating, she told me that she didn't like it because it was fake. And so I teased her for a while. Be like, you just can't get into friends. I don't think Ross really likes Rachel at all. I bet she I bet they don't that. Even, yeah, she <laughs> she stopped talking about wrestling pretty quickly. <laughs> James, so this is a no friend slander house. Well, I, I will say I owned all the Friends DVDs, and um, we still do, just in case we ever lose that streaming service. But... Yeah, yeah. No friend slander. We like friends. All right, James. All right, Josh. Next The thing. ball's back in your court. Oh, so my court? Okay. Okay. Johnny Gargano matches. Awesome. Yeah, so he... One of the things I like to keep track of in my head, just for fun, just for funsies, is, like, when I think a wrestler has either their career year or, more importantly, what I really like to keep track of is, like, okay, who's had, like, some of the best years, at least in the history of my fandom, right? So, I can look at Flair in 1989 and be like, that was an all-time great. Shawn Michaels in 1996, like, oh, man, that was all-time. Bret Hart 1994, 1993 to 94, be like, oh, man, that's... Again, like, the match quality, the character quality, the promos, just, like, some of the best stuff of all time. And right now in NXT, there's a wrestler named Johnny Gargano, and he has had a big... And again, Kenny Omega, by the way, I want to mention, too. I, I didn't Sorry. want to be that guy, but I was going to no, say please, yeah. 18. I think Kenny Omega in, like, 20... Was the Okada match in 17? The first one, yeah. First one, okay. So Kenny Omega in 16 was amazing. But then, like, I think in 17 and 18, he was probably the best in-ring performer I'd ever seen. Okay. Gargano is right there with him. Like, so I'll put Omega over Flair 89. And, again, I know Flair had, like, a thousand house show matches. I'm not counting those because I didn't see those. But for the television product available, I think Kenny Omega's stuff is superior to Flair's 89, to Sean's 96, to Brett's 93-94, okay? Gargano might top Kenny Omega, and I definitely think he will if he goes this year and has, like, this string that Kenny Omega isn't really allowed to have because there's not the roster in AEW that can kind of keep up with him at the moment, yeah. right? Okay. They should have held on to Adam Cole. Yes, they should have. <laughs> so, Johnny Gargano, this wrestler in NXT, just has had this string of like four and a half to five star matches. Five star plus if you're Meltzer on some scales. But, um, man, he's just been killing it. Every They call him Johnny Takeover because every takeover he has a match of the year candidate. He's one of the best I've ever seen, and I it's crazy how long he's been having these match of the year candidate matches. And I don't know, I don't know, like, um, I know some people would disagree with this, but probably nobody listening. Is all of that and his 
promo character work, everything else is also like top level. You know? Yeah. It's they did the Spider Man into Venom thing with him where he kinda went to the dark side but then he sort of came back, you yep. know? It was great. But the the matches is what's your what's your bullet right yeah but i'm glad you brought up the comic book thing one we have a lot of comic book friends he would actually fashion his attire after different comic book characters so and they wouldn't talk about this on commentary but if you know what's going on you're like oh he's red blue here he's spider-man he's the hero and then like it's partially red and blue but then like the black's kind of taking it over like okay this is venom yeah and then the next show he's in like all black because he's full-on he just jumped a guy because he thought I he was going to It's, him it's always Marvel over. stuff for him. Um, yeah. No DC, right? No. And Wolverine <laughs> was finally one recently, and I geeked hard for that because I love Wolverine. Nice. Um, I think he even did Captain Marvel, which was yeah, really He did cool. Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. which is awesome, yeah. He's done Daredevil. Anyway, Iron Man. Yeah. So, And you're a Gargano fan, too. you got a t-shirt I, and everything. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't even know. Like I said, I think the last episode, I don't even know how to explain it. Like... I don't know how he does it. It's just unreal. Like, every single time. He's sort of setting a new template, really. Like, Well, and I, I listen to a New Japan show that I love so much, um, but they are... What's the name of the podcast, since we don't plug any other podcast? <laughs> oh, why am I blanking on it? It's um, <laughs> the Super J cast. Okay. Oh, which yeah. Which is a play on the That's Super a good J podcast. Cast. But they actually, like, actively dislike Johnny Gargano. Of course they do. He's better than New Japan. <laughs> and... Their thing is that he wears, like, he tells the story on his face, kind of like the sledgehammer uh, thing that we've talked about before, where it's like, we get it, you're, you know, upset, whatever. I don't agree with any of that stuff. Well, I don't either. But, I forget where I I appreciate that stuff, actually. But, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I like when wrestlers show emotion on their face. I think that's part of selling. That's part of the story. Well, like we just did, just <laughs> for the hell of it, a uh, top was it twelve? Uh, this fun idea Tommy had of build your own dream pay per view of matches that have already happened have already on other pay per views. Yeah, and that's one, actually been done in a lot of places. But yeah, and one of them was for me was. Gargano. I knew that Gar- Gargano Champa had to be on there, mm-hmm. and it was so hard for me to pick just one because they're all incredible. Yeah, but the one I picked, I think, was one of the ones that they really went after on that show, where they were just—I don't know—it was just like so much between him and Champa, like built up and everything. And they did that. I think it's the same one. I picked New Orleans, where they go into the crowd, and this guy, speaking of like crowd interaction. <laughs> yells, you're the devil to Ciampa, like, right in his face, because that's how amazing Ciampa had oh my God. been as, like, a heel. You remember his entrance? When this yeah. guy, Tommaso Ciampa, he was injured for a long time. Yeah. He came back as a heel. He was, like, the only wrestler who didn't have entrance music at the time. So... When he would do his entrance, what it would end up being is that the crowd would chant a-hole at him his entire <laughs> entrance. It was so much fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Gargano-Champa matches could have been a, a bullet for me. But So my next one, this is all like abstract and random all over mm-hmm. the place, right? So my next one is CM Punk. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good one. Like, 
Fox I've Sports met... commentator CM Punk, supposedly. <laughs> that's like your new Billy Gunn Hall of... Oh, that's my Billy Gunn Hall of Famer thing. <laughs> um, Billy Gunn might make this list. But for different reasons. So CM Punk, for me, it's like, it's like everything throughout my fandom of wrestling all okay. together. So, like, still nostalgia because he's been around for a while, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember watching him in my first apartment as a married, like, when we lived in Newport. So that's 11 years ago. Okay. In my back and forth in and out of wrestling, my longest period of time when I came back into it, and James and I watched a ton of, like, stuff to catch up, I was trying to find, like, something to hook on to. Like, am I really going to keep watching this week to week, pay-per-view to pay-per-view? I think for, like, a minute it was Cena... Um, his WrestleMania entrances really got me, and then CM Punk showed up, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is my guy! I love him so much." Okay, I know, like in hindsight, like, "Oh wow, you like CM Punk," but I didn't know any better at the time. I was just like, "He's," and honestly, he wasn't that over at the time. He was long-haired, uh, doing the he was climbing, yeah, yeah. He did the the Money in the Bank stuff, and then I remember really loving him when he did the cult thing. Oh my goodness. Straight and edge just, society. Just, just loving everything he did. Look, man, I hope you came out here for something else. I'm tired of hearing the same thing week after week after week. But Jeff, it's the same thing week after week after week because you don't listen. You never have. And those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Did you ever hear that in school? Well, probably not because you were a screw up then too. It wraps everything for me together. Like his promos, for in my opinion, are the best like promos of all time, mm-hmm. which I love. I'm a huge like promo fan. Yep. Um, heel, like huge heel fan. His heel stuff in Ring of Honor is like the best for me. Yes. Um, making people like actually mad at you and wrestling is so hard, and these people were like foaming out the mouth how much they hated him. <laughs> The greatest thing the devil ever did was make you people believe he didn't exist. And you're looking at him right now. I am the devil himself. And all of you stupid, mindless people fall for it. You all believe in the same make-believe superhero that the legendary Ricky the Dragon Steamboat saw some year ago today. So anyway, all of that stuff, and then also like a bunch of like, m- now he's like this mythical character, almost like, I think about it kind of like Johnny Cash, where like after he was out of, um, well really after he died, I guess, it was like, Johnny Cash was like, everybody loves Johnny Cash, Yeah, everybody like has like all these weird, you know, memories of like his stuff, and like the latter days, yeah. all that, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's how it is with punk, where like, 
we mentioned off air that James and his friend Tommy both have a CM Punk hoodie. I was looking at getting one. That's what brought it up. Do it. Um, do it. Do just it. the fact that he's still like like he's not in wrestling anymore. And, and we talk about him still chant his as name. much as we do anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. The crowd chance, which spoiler was just generally crowd chance was on my list. For the longest time, the crowd would chant CM Punk as basically like a we're not happy with what is going on right now. Yeah, it was like a protest because he got fired and nobody yep. was happy about that. So yeah, it's just CM Punk, one of my favorite things. Yeah, about wrestling. that's a great one. That is a really, really good one. Since we're on the uh, the star kick right now, Johnny Gargano matches CM Punk as a character. One of the things I love about modern day is Becky Lynch as the face of the WWE. So yeah, it's been this is the first time WWE has really had a female as like the lead featured performer on the roster. And uh she's doing a pay-per-view main event. She's getting like the prime viewership spots on Raw. She has generally even when she's not on the last match on the show, she'll have like the most interesting build built match on the show a lot of times. It's so cool. And again, like we both have daughters, so I'm a little biased here. I want strong female role models. I want this thing I love wrestling to have a good female influence so I can enjoy it with my daughters. They can see me loving it and love it too. It's something we can like share and bond over together is what I want. So Becky Lynch is like the face of the company. Love every second of it. And to go along with that, her promos leaning into that Ronda Rousey match that never happened last year for Survivor Series. Yeah. Some of the best promos of all time. For sure. I, I am the man and that Ronda, that is why I am the champion and you are not. You see, Ronda, winning comes so easily to you that when you finally meet the man come Survivor Series, your titanium body will be let down by your weak mind. I have been ground down and spat back up again more times than I can count. I have made history. I have been tested daily, weekly, monthly. And yet here I am, the most relentless person that you have ever met. It's like that when Punk was, and what we were talking about where he was like, well, we talked about that off air. Just forget. But the thing where he was like in his moment, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the pipe like bomb. Stop like, him. Yeah, like he he everything he touches, That's he hits out of the park. There, yeah, funny. that moment, you know, Ronda Rousey says like, you know, I respect you, and Becky shoots back. But you say you say I should be happy because I have your respect. I have your respect. Welcome Survivor Series. Rhonda, you're going to find out that it's not your respect that I'm coming after. It's your arm. And I don't care if you're the baddest on the planet because I'm going to make you mine. Okay. So my last one was the, uh, was the punk and we mentioned the chance. So I did have crowd chants as one of my favorite things in wrestling. Okay. I will what else? give the caveat that crowd chants can be terrible. Um, like what? The, the what chant? Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for the what chant. <laughs> okay. But no, like, um, really what I'm thinking about with the dumb ones are like ones that are overused, like like um, 
you deserve it or like this is wrestling just ones where it's like this would mean a lot more if you saved it for like you know more obscure times okay but what i i love them is when they're hilarious and of course i didn't do any research to try to remember when those are but you probably can think of some but like when we're just watching just like a normal raw or something mm-hmm. and somebody oh i got one is when <laughs> when jack swagger aka what is it jake hager or whatever yeah jake hager debuted on undefeated AEW. mma so, by the way you know who he's fought in mma it's like the uh, biggest joke fighters people ever. that don't have a wikipedia page <laughs> people that like are like he's a teacher and yeah. he decided to give this a shot because they needed to fill it or yep. something like that yeah yeah <laughs> he needs to pay for his medical bills <laughs> um no but when he debuted on aew the crowd started chanting we the people and i just thought it was so funny just like <laughs> How quickly a bunch of like nerds can come together so, like, hey, and think of a thing, thing to just like, like eight years mess ago. with people. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. Hey, hey, calm down for one second. Calm down for one second. We the people sucks and it's dead and buried. It was a stupid idea from bad creative and all that's gone. Um, and sometimes it's cool. I can't you know, right. really think of ones, but sometimes like the you deserve it ones can actually be cool. Uh, like, I was at a Ring of Honor show once, and this uh, guy, I think it was Brent Albright, Albright, he was wearing like this light gray silverish like full body attire. And the crowd started chanting Repo Man. <laughs> and then, like, his opponent, like, pretended to put a mask on and, like, sneak around the ring for a second. So that was pretty fun. Nice. And being part of him in real life is fun, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it we were chanting at um, that NXT when that Tommy oh, came so up with? Too Strong Style. Yeah. Yeah. Just making up stuff and trying to get it started as a chant. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a lot of fun. So Bailey, super popular in NXT. Uh, the crowds used to give her all the soccer chants from Europe. Yep. They'd yell, hey, we want some ballet. Yeah. They'd sing, uh, ooh, hey, hey, ballet, ooh, I, I want to know if you'll be my girl. Um, Those were super fun. I remember, I forget who in Ring of Honor, but somebody had the theme song of Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And they wouldn't come out until, like, the guitar part kicked in. So they just put, like, the first verse, like, you know, without much music. And the crowd of, like, 400 people would just, like, sing along with all the words until the guy came out with the sub-believing part. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan's music in Ring of Honor was the final countdown. And so for that, like... I don't even know what he did in the ring, but the crowd will always like throw their fists forward and point and yell the final countdown at that point. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, Fandangoing, you know, like that. It wasn't really a chant, I guess, but just like crowd interaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you think of any like crazy? I know there's been like a thousand crazy chants. I wish we could think of one right now. I mean, I always think it's crazy when it's like live Monday Night Raw or something Mm -hmm. like that. And they chant like something with like the F word in it or something like. Oh my gosh! And you can't. There's like not <laughs> a lot you can do. I was all right. I was trying not to say this, but the the first one I thought of was when John Cena fought Rob Van Dam at ECW One Night Stand Two. 
So they're ECW, by the way, had this like incredible cult following. RVD, Rob Van Dam was an ECW performer. And I was finding the WWE champion there. And there had been this like dueling chant thing with John Cena where like half the crowd would chant, let's go Cena. And the other half would chant, Cena sucks. But now they're in front of this like incredibly pro, very passionate Rob Van Dam fan crowd. And so they still do the dueling chant, but the dueling chant is F U Cena, and then the other side echoes F U Cena. Amazing. It was so good. That's awesome. Uh, one I remember that happened there for a while. I actually think it was when we. I think it was when we were at um, Fastlane. Okay. Around that same time was the delete video oh, yeah. that came out of uh, the Hardy Brothers or Hardy Broken Bros. Broken Matt Hardy, yeah. And. For those of you who don't know, it's like this half hour, like <laughs> this intentionally corny, intentionally like B movie, like quote unquote match on a farm with fireworks and a dilapidated boat. <laughs> I, I am a, a kind of a mark for Jeff Hardy, as you may remember from my mm-hmm. top twenty. So I loved it all. I was like eating it up. That was the final deletion, is what it was called, <laughs> yeah. right? If you want to YouTube that. And so there for a while, people were chanting "delete, delete, delete" at. All sorts of wrestling pay-per-views. Um, and then they tried to bring him in, and of course Vince ruined it like he does everything. So. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Leaning harsh on Vince. <laughs> he made us fans. The old man. The old man. <laughs> All right, next thing on the list. All right, I'll make this super quick. Sure. CM Punk versus John Cena matches. Awesome. So, like, I am right now doing this thing for uh, this other website slash podcast which we're not going to plug even though it's called the place to be nation or ptbn or pro wrestling only they have a couple of different podcast feeds several shows in each but every year they do like a year-long poll with their fans right and so they did greatest wrestler ever one time and like people again you'll nominate somebody and then like people just comment back and forth like debating the pros and cons they did greatest WWE wrestler ever last year. They did best WWE tag team. This year they're doing best WWE match. And I was just filling mine out in the last couple of days. I got my base 1 to 100 that'll be tweaked, I'm sure, as the year closes. Maybe have one or two things added to it. But John Cena vs. CM Punk have like two matches in my top 10. And then another one in like my top 30, top 10, 15. But man, their matches were unbelievably good. Yeah. So I just blankly That's like the ultimate this. like anti-hero versus hero, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of putting that. That whole just like, you know, Superman versus Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um <laughs> CM Punk is the Batman here, in case you're not familiar. Yes. Um, Yeah, but you're a Superman guy in real life. Yeah. Can't help it. (laughs) Because of nostalgia. Did you ever end up going to Metropolis, Illinois? Mm -mm. You got to go there sometime. It's so much fun. You should go. Yes, you should. Um, Town, they've devoted their entire town to Superman nostalgia. But anyway, all right, Josh, what's your next thing? I have another, another quick one as well, which is, this is random, but... I love Naito, Tetsuya Naito, yep. falling asleep at press conferences. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I didn't realize that it was like a tradition. Okay. And I thought it was the funniest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 
as far as I know, but you never really know with like Japanese culture because this is so different um, from ours. Is is fake? It's not yes, real, yeah. but it plays into his character, which is like the um, the trank. What is it? Tranquilo. It's basically like everybody chill. Relax. Yes, you know. I'm not going to let anything phase me negatively. Yeah. yeah. So in New Japan, they have these press conferences, which are like NBA, NFL. Yeah, they press like conferences. real sport press conferences. Yeah. And everybody's in like suits and everything, and pretty much once a year, or maybe twice a year, somebody will be talking all earnestly, like um, Sonata or Will Osprey or somebody. Somebody who takes their craft very seriously. <laughs> in the background, not night is just <laughs> dozing n- off, nodding off. <laughs> I love it so much. So I want to piggyback off that one. Running gags because they don't do them a lot in wrestling. That's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. One of my all-time favorite understated gags that they never brought up in commentary, which only made it better. Uh, the Shield hates Ryback. Okay. So when The Shield debuted, one of the things, the first thing that they did, I think, was attack Ryback and John Cena. And so he, Heel Shield got into a feud with Face Ryback, and they would just jump him and give him a triple power bomb, which was their finisher. Well, a few weeks after WrestleMania, Ryback turned heel. So now they're both heels. But they still did this moment where the shield jumped Ryback and triple power bombed him, even though like Ryback was feuding with Cena. Okay. A year later, they do this thing where the shield turns face. Okay. Ryback's still a heel and the shield's like feuding with the authority figures on the show. They're called the authority creatively enough. Yeah. And so the authority will just like sick, like eight bad guys on the shield and the running things like the shield is so good as a unit that they can overcome these, like, eight-on-three odds, right? So what would happen every single time? Because this happens several times during the Shield's face run. The Shield would, like, overcome the odds, and, like, they'd triple powerbomb somebody through a table. And a few times it was Ryback. But the few times it wasn't Ryback, they'd go back down the aisle and grab Ryback and bring him (laughs) back into the ring and then triple powerbomb him. That's awesome. So yeah, and like they never brought it up on commentary, so I was like, the shield making a statement to the authority, but it was always Ryback, but the assumption was they still hate Ryback. They never stopped hating yeah. Ryback. So right. that was super fun. That's awesome. I won't I won't leave this in, but CM Punk hates Ryback like in real life, right? I've heard him talk about that. Uh, he, he thought was he was part sloppy of, like, and messy. Shield stuff, so Yeah. Is that like was that just a goof for them or was that as far as I know, it was, it was just like a running okay. gag. It was just like if you're paying attention. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, James. Um, can we do one more each? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think my last one I'm going to pick is the Mae Young Classic. <gasps> That's on my list, too. Awesome. Live inside the sold-out arena here at Full Sail as we welcome you to Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Hello again, everybody. Michael Cole, an honor and privilege to be in your homes tonight along with Beth Phoenix and Renee Young. All right, let's talk about this. So the Mae Young Classic, for those of you who don't know, is a few years ago when, I, I don't mean this the way it sounds, but when the women's revolution was happening, uh, women's wrestling was getting more popular. This was basically the WWE's way of cashing in on that moment in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 
essentially saying like, all right, like we're listening to the fans. They want women's wrestling. We're going to do this tournament um, where we get a bunch of essentially indie wrestlers uh, to try out for what is, is it like you, you get a WWE contract basically if you win or I forget exactly. It wasn't the, really like you get a contract, but essentially they're going to give the winner, you know, they're going to sign the winner if they'll sign, yeah. you know, yeah. Let's introduce you to the 32 women from 12 countries who are in the 2018 Young Classic. So, or they'll make the winner somebody who did sign. But really, yeah. what it is is like just giving a ton of women's yeah, wrestling like here exposure. Yeah, are these amazing 32 women's wrestlers from around the world who you've never heard of before. Probably, we're yeah. going to put them all on display and enjoy. So, and the way that it's kind of treated is similar to NXT in that it's like. Uh, intimate setting, like darker arena, all that fun stuff. Very MMA too. Like they'll do a like two minute profile on each competitor yes, before. I remember match. loving that in the beginning because it was like watching the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, it yeah. Was- Casey Catanzaro in the ring is definitely the same that you have seen on American Ninja Warrior. I'm aggressive. I'm competitive, and I don't back down. Like it's so good. Like you don't you don't know who these are. Every now and then it'd be like some old wrestler's daughter or something or granddaughter, but generally you have no idea. And it was like, oh, I want to pick this person because I like their little intro and they're from Japan or wherever, some country that I like. Yeah, I watched that and I just think it's so simple. It's so easy to make me care about somebody. And you really do because people are good at wrestling. You do end up liking several of them and hoping that they end up and NXT and WWE. Yeah. And it's happened over the years. That's one thing I love about it, too, is that there's been follow-through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, I can't remember exactly, but, like, like Tony Storm was from the Mae Young Classic, right? Yep, absolutely. And, like we are saying, Ray Ripley. Um, but one Yo person I really love was uh, Jassy Gabbard. Yeah. Which I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is... <laughs> I wanted to chant, this is wrestling. Being in the tournament means so much to me. Like, it was always my dream. I mean, when I was uh, 10 years old, I found wrestling for myself. I see Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, Macho Man, and I fall in love with that. Because when I was younger, I just never fit it in. Until today, I don't fit in. But in wrestling, I totally fit in. Like, there's a place for every one of us. I just thought it was like the crowd was so into her. when she, And, like, we've talked, like, wrestling's not real, so it's, you know, they've have this planned out somewhat but I always think of that match when I think of like if they could have switched a match like halfway through mm-hmm. the outcome like I feel like they should have done it in that match because she was getting she super was over so over yeah. and the crowd was just like this this person rules and then it was just like wah wah she lost and I don't even remember who it was that she was wrestling um, I think some of that might have had to do with like other obligations she had in other wrestling promotions or something. Right. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the Mae Young Classic, and it's continued, what, like at least, is it two more times, one more time? Uh, they've done two so far, and the third one is coming. supposed to be yeah. coming up, yeah. Just to round out this episode, sure. I'll make my last thing. Revisiting old rivalries is one of my favorite things in wrestling, awesome. right? So there's never been more wrestling content available than there is right now on uh, on-demand platforms. So New Japan World is like ten bucks a month. WWE Network is ten bucks a month. 
YouTube is free. You know, AEW has a show on YouTube now every week. The NWA, I talked about that earlier. That's on YouTube every week now. Um, and then there are other ways you can acquire old wrestling footage Daily as motion. well. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And so, if I want to, like, look up, like, okay... What was the Dusty Rhodes Ric Flair rivalry like aside from the hard times promo and like the pay per view matches? I might be able to find some stuff, you yeah. know. Um, Hogan Piper, you know, the build to WrestleMania 1, I found a lot of stuff on that. And uh, it's so much fun, like just digging this old stuff. Like, even if you saw it, like I saw Steamboat Savage, we've been talking about doing right. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw it when I was seven, and so, like, seeing all the stuff I'd never seen, plus, like, revisiting the stuff I did, it's like, this is so cool. This is so much fun. You know, it's really cool. It's got the nostalgia feel, but also, it's because it's old, it's kind of fresh again, because it's new to you. Yep. So, I I have a really dumb point to make, James. Yes. And, like, it's still good, Mm -hmm. right? So that, like, sometimes you watch, this is funny, but, like... My brother texted me tonight that he was showing his wife the movie Candyman for the first time. Yeah. Which is a movie that he loved as a kid. Um, because whatever. Because he really loves Final Destination <laughs> and, well, Candyman's in that. Um, and I remember it's thinking when he texted me, I'm just like, I'm assuming that it's a terrible movie. You know, like, <laughs> okay. and it's just like he likes it because he liked it then. Yeah. But this stuff, it's like you go back and you watch like Savage Steamboat or Owen and Brett Oh and it's all gosh. incredible. Like, yeah. You're not like, oh, I was a seven-year-old, so I liked, you know, Mickey Mouse or some dumb <laughs> thing that doesn't hold up as an adult. It's still all mostly good. I, yeah, like, Owen Brown's like Billy Gunn doesn't hold up, but, you know, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> Billy Gunn doesn't have the nuance of, like, Brett vs. Owen. Maybe if we broke down the lyrics of his theme songs, he would. Okay. Josh, could you please give us a spoken word? I think it starts with, I'm an ass man. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? And then he repeats or is that a it bad again? Thing? I'm an ass man, in case you forgot. <laughs> I think that's the whole song. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> it gets worse. It, it gets so much worse. It's so dumb. Okay, ass man lyrics, Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a whole episode about Billy Gunn. So, Josh, you nailed the first two lines yep. and the chorus. Okay, here's what they fill in with the verse I love to love them, I love to kick them. I love to shove them, I love to stick them, I love to flaunt them. I love to watch them. I love to pick them. And I'm gonna kick them. Cause I'm an ass man. So you, <laughs> so you thought I was being too hard on Vince McMahon for his creative abilities? I don't think he wrote the lyrics to this. But he co-signed it, I'm sure. It, it gets better. Can I please continue with the theme song of one of your favorite wrestlers? So many asses, so little time, a little tight one can stop me on the down. I'm a lover of every kind. The best surprises always sneak up from behind. Like, I'm an ass man. Oh, and also, buns of glory, buns of steel. Your <laughs> lies won't give away the truth of how I feel. You walk behind me, I feel the heat. I'm trying to feel so much behind me. 
I mean, it's basically My Way by Frank Sinatra, and, except for Asthma. You got to remember his his finishing move is called the Famouser or the the Fame Asser. Gosh, get it? Get um, it? Get I sledgehammer it. upon. You know, if my kids are listening to this in like twenty years and they hear that I was obsessed with uh, Sean, who was a male stripper, and <laughs> and a Billy Gunn, who had a you know big giant pink lips on his butt uh, on his tights or whatever they might wonder about me but my gosh i will defend billy gun to my death i will defend that this song i've got it all is a ton better than (laughs) ass man (laughs) but i think it has the same vocalist actually on it well the next time we do this james (laughs) the things you love about wrestling i will have Billy Gun as one of my favorite things. <laughs> the entire Billy Gun or just defense. like the Ass Man theme song. <laughs> it's funny because so if you look bad. back at all of his I think that sometimes like oh no I liked him when but like all of them were dumb. Like <laughs> the smoking guns. I really like the smoking guns, but that is a dumb gimmick. <laughs> the rockabilly. Yeah, rockabilly. The, the New Age Outlaws with his uh Cartman T shirts. Yes. Um the ass man. So I don't know that I've ever asked you this, James. Um, what do you think about him in the ring, Billy Gunn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so because I, I think that's what I remembered liking about him, but okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was good in the ring. He was a. I thought he was a great tag team wrestler. I thought yep. I was never a huge Outlaws fan, but I thought the Smoking Guns had some really cool double team moves. Okay. It's funny, it's like he suffered from asthma, right? Yeah. I just found this out on Bruce Pritchard's podcast recently. And so I had seen this old writer call him Mr. Gas because he couldn't sustain long matches, and now it makes sense why, why he, he was had a asthma. Tag. Yeah. Why, and also why he was a tag wrestler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could catch his breath. <laughs> right, right. So he was very good He just for always he cracked was. me up, I don't know. Like, he just, it might be a nostalgia thing, but... Like, I remember when he just randomly showed up on a Being the Elite video, like, a year and a half ago. I was just so happy. I was like, it's Billy Gunn. <laughs> um, well, I'll say, if Whale and Mercy popped up on some video, I would dork out, too. So I can't judge. Cool. Yeah, we I, all have our mid For what it's worth, I don't think Billy Gunn was in my top I don't think he wasn't 30. in your top 20, right? Yeah, he definitely was in my top 20, but anyway. If you did top, if you did top 20 of me when I was... 12 he would have been like number two so okay um we have a couple years ago like from when we just started watching new japan i know there's like a top 50 favorite somewhere on our wrestling dork yeah i I keep that same it's the same exact list but i just i've updated it so i don't know if it's okay all right all right are you gonna bring it up for the two listeners that are left (laughs) i'm gonna bring that list up and see is Minoru well, Suzuki current, current on your list? One. one of my first favorite um, New Japan wrestlers. Well, I ended up expanding it to 100 because... I'm Who can a do 50? Psychopath. No, that's but, good. But um, I can't remember This where... will go along with one of the more psychopath ideas I have for a podcast later on when we get... When we get really dorky, we haven't done it yet, people. There's more dorkiness <laughs> to come. As it sits right now, <laughs> uh, October 10th, 2018... Billy so Gunn. you just opt- oh, yeah, okay, okay. Billy Gunn is my 29th favorite wrestler. 20, of all so time. he is in your top 30. Yeah. Just who did he beat out at 30, 31, or 32? Tell, you tell me 30. right now. <laughs> Say it out loud, Josh. Number 30 is Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
31 is Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Mox. Okay. Uh, 32 is Kushida, so. <laughs> Okada. But 28 is Nakamura, so Nakamura better than Billy Gunn, I gotta Okada? say. Okada? <laughs> he beat Okada? I, I will say, uh, this will actually tell me, John. the last time I updated this was... No, Josh, you say that with the pride that he beat Okada. This year. I probably would put Okada Billy Gunn at this point. But this list is... It definitely brings in, uh, like, all of the stuff. So is Okada memories. a lover of every kind? Dude, the best surprises for you Okada know, always Okada, sneak up from behind. Okada definitely has his... Uh, Weird side. Like, um, he loves to pick him. He loves to stick him. He's gonna kick him. <laughs> I, I love Okada's weird side. Okada's yeah. in my top 20. I just sent James... He'll bounce in and out of my top 10. Wrestling Nerds Group um, picture of Okada with Sho and Yo. Oh, my and, gosh. And, um... The chaos, chaos, yeah. Oh, was it a Bushi? No, Will Ospreay. All in a bathtub They're together. all in the bathtub together naked. <laughs> just... And there's nothing suggestive going on. It's just like, hey, we're just hanging out. <laughs> a couple of bros. Yeah. All right, James. We got to go to bed. All right, Josh. Thanks so much for doing this yeah. tonight, man. Uh, three things you can count on in life. Death. Taxes. And Randy Savage. See ya. See you next time. <laughs>